And welcome back to the 40-yard line podcast. My name is Jacob Compass, or JC, and of course, per usual, sitting on my left-hand side is none other than Mr. Evan B. How's everyone doing today? I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm so low energy today. Yeah. I just, guys, I, I just came out of like a three-hour lecture. Yeah. I, I can't do it. We've just been talking about death all day. I'm so tired. So sad. <laughs> Oh I man! I, I don't know if you should laugh at that or. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. That's like I had a midterm today. That's pretty much death. Yeah, what class though? Uh, we'll not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's uh, what I yeah, thought. Yeah. yeah. See, guys, the thing about like a death class is you're supposed to make it humorous, right? So my professor was like telling us about how he was like had buried this cat and um, like t- ten years ago. Yeah. And then three years ago, there was this electric storm. So then they had to like dig up this old like this like pipe or something in the ground, right? And they dug up the cat's skull. So now he has the cat's skull in his house. Let's just think about that for a moment. Let's just sit on that and think about that. Hey, guys, quick reminder, we're at a sports podcast right now. I'm just, like, I think we both have agreed that the 40 needs to have more conversation, too. Yeah, a little more. A little more. A little more dead cat. A little more talk about cats. <laughs> a little yeah. more dead cat talk. Uh, also, <laughs> before we go ahead and get started with today's episode. Speaking of things that are dead. We'll be, <laughs> speaking of things that are dead, uh, Charlie Strong's career. Is it? No longer. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Strong uh, just announced about an hour ago on Wednesday, February, or excuse me, March. God, it went fast. Yep. On Wednesday, March 1st, Charlie Strong has now been announced as a defensive analysis for Alabama. Um, man, they just get worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's huge for Charlie Strong. Could potentially lead to him if he does well, maybe one day getting back to a head coaching job or at least yeah, an at least a DC, job. yeah. Something OCDC, something could be coming back for Charlie if he does well. I'd say he's gonna need at least two years at Alabama, probably. Um, but it is, I mean, you go to Alabama, you get a job somewhere else. So, indeed. speaking of Alabama, Will Anderson, who is projected to be, I'd say, top, top five, three, top three, top three, pick, top three pick this year in the NFL draft, uh, a ferocious, ferocious defensive player today in the combine. Interviews said that the toughest player he ever played was none other than soon to be NFL first round pick, <laughs> Mr. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was high praise. He he plays against the best players in the country every week, and Bijan being the guy that popped out for him is, is something that all the Texas fans know, but it's, it's cool to hear from someone from Alabama. Oh, it's remarkable. Yeah. And it's really nice because actually, speaking of the NFL combine, which I'm sure we'll get to more over the next few weeks, it really is nice seeing uh, NFL insider reporters such as Jordan Schultz. Are giving Roshan Johnson his flowers finally yes, too. Yes, yeah, I know Mike Golick really likes him as mm-hmm. well. It's really nice to see him finally getting the respect that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's the best pe- ca- uh, pass blocking running back in the in the draft, and that's going to be big for some teams that want a third down guy. I saw it was so funny. There was this this guy tweeted I forgot who, and it was a uh, Roshan at the Senior Bowl, and it was like him like throwing a block and then catching a pass. Yeah. And then he, like, just chucked it downfield or something like that. Just, oh, like, to the sideline. Just showed off the and quarterback. Someone's like, who knew he could throw? And then somebody was like, you know he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback. He yeah. was a quarterback when well, he came to Well, that's what's going to gonna happen. It's, it, this probably happens for plenty of players at plenty of schools, but he's going to draft in the fourth round, and someone's going to be like, yeah, he played quarterback, guys. There's a reason they're talking about this. Like, he's a very multifaceted athlete. Oh, he's going to be great. I yeah. mean, it's like, if he ends up being someone like a Jamal Williams situation in Detroit. Oh, that would be great for oh, him. Yeah. He's going to have a great career. Put him on the Steelers. Get Put him, him on the Steelers. Steelers. Najee needs some help back there. I mean, I where, I see Roshan going like the fourth, fifth round. Yeah, where, where uh, that, do you that's see about that's bro. I was thinking fourth. What it's about, just a very deep class is the problem. So there's a lot of class. there's a lot of better pure runners, but 
teams really value that special teams and that pass blocking for a lot of running backs. And if you're not looking to find a guy to replace your current running back, Roshan should be the number one guy on your list. I agree. Um, I know I might kind of put you on the spot here. I think the guy that needs to have an insane combine, though, is Overshone. Oh, yeah. I think Overshone no, really does need to raise his draft stock. Uh, had a really good year. Yeah. After having a little bit of a down year in 20, what was that, 2021? Well, if, if you ask for, like, what people th- would have thought two years ago after his like, you know, very first season, it would be like, oh, Overshone's going to be a guy to look out for in two years. To oh, yeah, maybe he, had, like, he had, what, like, 12 sacks Well, or he, he was like some that? guy was that insane. you could maybe sneak up into the first round, and now yeah. he's at probably about third, fourth round draft capital, but... He's a great athlete, which a lot of NFL teams will value, and especially the Lions getting a lot of value from their linebackers in this past year's draft. A lot of teams are going to be reevaluating how they see linebackers, and at the very worst with Overshone, you're getting a guy who can go one end of the field to the other very quickly, fast guy, can play as an edge rusher and off ball, which even though he's not specifically amazing at either, that's pretty valuable for a team that a runs decent, a lot of success. He's a decent edge rusher. I'll yeah, he can, he can do both, but it's not he's not going to be the best in the draft either. But I mean, obviously, some yeah. some team will some team will value that, and I think that's going to be important for him. And that's why that's why uh, the senior day and, and pro and sorry senior bowl senior is so is so important for him. Yeah, uh, sorry, we just got off the yeah, we got sidetracked, fun. but it's always good to talk about combine. Uh, just keeping up with recent news as well. Yesterday, uh, myself, uh, Evan, and a few other hooligans. Made our journey out to the east side of Austin, Texas, all the way out to the Dish, uh, the Dish Folk Field, home of Texas baseball, where we watched Texas play on and take on and actually hang with them up until the very top of the ninth inning. They hung with the number one team in the country and the projected to be number one pick, Dylan Cruz. Yep. And LSU eventually taking the game over Texas 3 0. Texas just couldn't get it done on offense. Um, yeah. Evan. You're the baseball beat reporter. I'll let you take oh, yeah. the lead. I mean, th- this this game was was definitely it was an expected loss, and I, I came in a lot more pessimistic than what the end result was. But the offense just didn't get it going. Four hits all game, which was the same amount as LSU, but obviously LSU drew a lot more base runners, had the big hits at the end, and it was a showing that I was happy with for Texas. And I coach Pierce agreed that. You know, there's no such thing as a moral victory. Him and Eric Kennedy both said it twice, which I thought was funny. That You know, that that's said all around the clubhouse. But there's no such thing as a moral victory in baseball. But you got to feel good about that game if you're a coach looking at your team because LeBaron Johnson Jr. had amazing performance. His best performance ever, which is, I mean, not saying much because it's only his second start. And for a guy whose second start ever in college was against the number one team in the country, he went five innings, nine strikeouts, zero runs allowed, and three hits allowed. It's giving Quinn Ewers Bama week two. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a crazy performance from LeBaron, and this is a guy who is was pretty unpolished coming into the year. And uh, you got to give it to hitting or pitching coach Woody Williams that he really has done a great job with LeBaron because Johnson always had that kind of ability to be a big league level pitcher with his pitches. He has a 97, 98 mile an hour fastball. He hit 98 last night, and his slider and splitter both hit over 90 with crazy movement. And that that was buckling up some of the best hitters in the country. He had sliders and splitters going for strikeouts against Dylan Cruz, who is you know the best player in the country, pure five tool. Tommy White, who if people remember from last year, Tommy Tanks from NC State, um, a guy whose nickname is literally just home runs. He was 0 for the whole game against, uh, I, I think he was 0 for against Johnson. He ended up getting a hit during the game. But it was a great job by LeBaron. And for most of the game, the bullpen as well stayed strong. Didn't give up another hit until the ninth inning. Unfortunately, um, ninth inning woes came came to play. Chris Stewart came in, uh, th- threw eight straight balls after, I think he threw a strike to start the inning okay, and but eight that was, balls. That was a couple questionable. 
There were a few. That strike zone okay, was a little small but last eight, night. But that strike balls, zone was a little small. Even if two of them went his way, that yeah. would still be six. I agree. So it was it was it, it, was, it was a bad performance from Stewart, who had, who had had a nice game against Indiana, I think, on Saturday. And then Andre Duplantier the second came in. And, I, I mean, it's just a tough situation for a pitcher coming in with no outs, runners on first and second at the top of the ninth, chance to have your team lose. And, unfortunately, got, an, uh, got a player out, Gavin Douglas, who one of the better leadoff hitters in the SEC – just took took a monster shot and and all the way deep. I mean, almost hit the tennis center. Was how I mean, far he you, hit. You it. heard it, and you knew it was a home run. Yeah, it yeah. just it hung in the air for so long. I mean, so. I, I'm in the press box, which has a little bit of insulated sound, and even then, we the crack of that bat was crazy. I it mean, was it was crazy. it was a tank. It was crazy. So it was it's a tough way to lose a game and giving up a three run home run, and then you know, doing nothing in the offensive bottom half. But apart from the offensive struggles, the team's pitching gives them so much upside that it didn't last year. That it's, it's a very good sign for Big Twelve play, where the offenses aren't going to be quite as good as LSU, and the pitching's not going to be quite as good as LSU because they faced, I believe, three total pitchers for LSU. Two of these guys will be in the MLB at some point. I mean, Hurd wasn't a great first start for him this year, but he is projected in twenty twenty four to be a first round pick. Uh, I believe his name is Ackenhausen. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but he's he's a lefty out of the pen that has like a 95, 96 mile an hour fastball, a good slider. I mean, Coach Pierce couldn't have couldn't give enough for these pitchers from LSU, and these will be guys that you will hear about later in your life as MLB players. Um, it's a good test for these young this young team, especially the freshmen out there. But gotta have better hitting from the team. Gotta have better hitting. And another note, um, we talked about it uh, on our other show, Texan Overtime. Presented by the Daily Texan Audio Department. Yep. For episodes released weekly as well with the 40 yard line. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, we mentioned it there, but it's still, I mean, it's a reoccurring nightmare right now. It obviously yeah. wasn't as bad last night, but over the last three games, four errors once again. Yeah. Like the errors are kind of just starting to pile up. And only one error against LSU, that's fine. Um, outfield played really well last yes, night. Yes, the outfield defense is I feel played really well last night, but it's just that infield. And I know. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but it's really just that second base shortstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said third base. There's a true freshman that's competing this year for, as well. Yeah, correct? I mean, the, the problem with this, the defense is that I mean, what you what you pointed out that you didn't say is that Eric Kennedy had a really big in the second inning throw oh. out at home. Oh, so fantastic good. throw on a single to get the guy out rounding from uh, third base. And I mean, Garrett Gilmet was so piped up. But the catcher and outfield spots are very solidified with veteran players. But the infield is a third baseman. The competition is between Tanner Carlson, who is a good player, good fielder, and Jalen Flores, who is the upside as a hitter but is a freshman. First base, it's going to be freshmen or players that have barely played. At shortstop, Mitch Daly played second base his first two seasons, is definitely still getting used to the position as we've seen. And Jack O'Dowd's a fine fielder, but... Nothing special at second base. Get so. hit, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he has really struggled. After he had a big had a big game against uh, I think it was A and M Corpus Christi and has looked awful. Since. He just went down swinging, bro. Yeah, and he just at your uh, I I. I <laughs> I remember the name you told me that one of your fellow reporters had given for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I ever associated yep. with him yeah. whenever I see him. But, uh, dude, he just sat there and just looked like a deer in headlights. I mean, he night. did. He registered a hit, I believe, on his last at-bat. But, I mean, it was he was having awful at-bats throughout most of the night. Yeah. And Unfortunate. I, let's see. What is he hitting oh, this Oh, he, he's probably been our There's worst. Six His games? worst regular hitter. Or I believe we have the stats up. OPS-wise, him and Flores have been our two worst hitters. Under 500 OPS as well. But Flores Carlson. is a true freshman. So. Yeah. So, uh, O'Dowd really does need to step it up. Of the guys who have over 20 at-bats, he's been the worst. So... Yeah, it's 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 been yeah. it's been tough for for O'Dowd. Uh, it's still, I mean, the hitting in the outfield's still been good. Kennedy and Porter Brown have been very good hitters. Dylan Campbell, I want to bring up because 
his his average is 174 right now. He hasn't been hitting great, but at least he has nine walks on the year, which is quite a lot through six games, and registered another one against LSU. Excuse me, sorry, I'm getting the hiccups. Um, he, he's not getting the bat on the ball very well, but his eye is really good right now, and Coach Pierce has talked about this, that at worst, if that's, if that's your worst right now, the hitting will come back. And he will get his power back. And we saw it. He was the most clutch hitter for this, the okay. team in, in East Carolina. Campbell's been through his struggles. Yeah. Campbell's done. He been, will be fine. He's done been had some horrible NCAA appearances <laughs> and then just gone off. Yeah. Like, Campbell's, Campbell's one of the only veterans we have. Definitely. You have, you have to trust him. Yeah. And it's really, I I personally have a lot of issues with Eric Kennedy right now. Mm-hmm. I realize that he's having a decent hitting season, 333. That's yeah. marvelous. I don't know why I'm saying decent. But I just need to see a little more out of Kennedy right now. As one of the undisputed leaders of this team, mm-hmm. it's really just him and Campbell are the only, in my eyes, really like the two like true starters. Them and Mitch Daly, yeah, coming back. And I don't know, I just kind of need something coming up, especially from our leadoff hitter. Yeah, I mean he's he's been our best hitter, him and Brown. But I do get what you mean because a lot of his hits do come from infield singles, and he's a fantastic bunter against lefties. He will lay down a drag bunt, and I think he's gotten on three times this season from it, maybe four. Wow. Really good at bunting, wow. but like That's you said, crazy. like you said, he needs he needs to be better at working counts and getting on base a lot because he's not even our best on base player. I mean, if he doesn't walk very much, and you know he's a fast player, and you need him on base for guys like Campbell and Brown. But the offense is struggling undeniably. I mean, only two runs in the last eighteen innings of baseball is atrocious. That there's nothing else you can say about that. I mean, he's gone down swinging ten times this yeah. year. Yeah, he's, so. he has strikeout problems as well. Um, well, him and Porter. Yeah, but at least Brown's bringing more power, which is what you can say. But it, the offense is going to struggle, and you will see it get better once Big 12 play comes around, especially you know Jalen Flores and, and Jared Thomas are guys that you're going to expect to get some power up as mm-hmm. freshmen. But it's, it's concerning, definitely. I'm, I've, I've already been a little bit pessimistic talking about this team because there's just not much going on so far. And I'm, more, I'm less pessimistic now because of the LSU game. But it's tough when your corner infielders are both freshmen who aren't fielding very well and also aren't hitting very well, mm-hmm. and the middle of your infield is being very streaky and very has had some slumps. I'm just the, the the hitting is bad, man. It is just bad. It's bad. It's it's not like it used to be when like in the playoffs when Texas would it be in the third inning and they'd have you know two guys seven runs two guys two guys on <laughs> one out. They lay a bun and then Melendez comes up. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you already know what's about to go down. It's, it's a far cry from the offense we had last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and I, it's a little I, disappointing. I'm not we, and we lie. knew that was going to happen. At least the pitching has stepped up because Lucas Gordon sub one ERA after his two starts. He's been lights out and super impressive. Only six hits through ten innings of pitch. LeBaron Johnson, I've already talked about. I mean, he is already looking to compete for a weekend spot after two starts, which is. I mean, you know if David Pierce is letting you do that, then that's high praise. And even Staley and Morehouse, who have been good, not great. Staley has two losses on the season. Not quite his fault. The hitters just don't hit for him, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's going to be healthy competition now between Johnson, Staley, and Morehouse for that for those two two spots. And that's that's good for the team that you have Dude. after Gordon, people people who all want to pitch at a better spot. and Competitive. Yeah, it's competitive. And David Shaw, who's pitched five innings, or he's had five appearances, <laughs> pitched almost five innings. No runs given up this year from the lefty. He looked lights out. DJ Burke and Charlie Hurley also came in last night and played really well. Those seem to be the best three in the bullpen right now. Duplantier and Stewart both are going to get better, but they're struggling a little bit, I think. And the, at least the bullpen looks pretty solid compared to last year. I mean, I think last year our biggest problem was the bullpen. Definitely. Our no, biggest no, problem was closing last mm-hmm. year. It, it was 
those post five innings were always rough. Like after yeah. the fifth inning, it was always rough last year. Yeah, and that's why I mean our, our three best bullpen pitchers are, are transfers. You know, they bulked up mm-hmm. from the transfer portal, which I know I've criticized Pierce a little bit, but that's been something that's been very good from the transfer portal is this bullpen. And how, how do you see, um, especially heading into this weekend against Cal State Fullerton, who I know you talked to me is a really strong program, but how do you see Texas responding from? I would call it a little bit of an offensive slump. Because oh, even against, even against bit, yeah. did they even score five more than five runs against Indiana this weekend? I believe one of the games. I'd one have to. I'll, I'll check right now. No, yeah, you're good. But, but I mean, the they scored uh, five in, on um on okay, Saturday. just once though. But I mean, yeah, oh, they've only been in double digits. It's, it's been it's been eleven. Hard. It's been eleven runs in the past four games, which That's is not great. No, not and great. So how do you see this offense getting hot again, especially as they travel to their first? Real road test because it's not like at Arlington where there's yeah, a large conglomeration of Texas fans. Conglomeration, excuse me. But they are now going to the West Coast, and there's not going to be a lot of Texas people there. Well, this is going to be the weekend that you hope that one of Thomas or Flores starts to blossom a little bit because big road tests are just going to be important for these players. They haven't faced a really tough crowd. I mean, the Arkansas game, there was some crazy, crazy fans from Arkansas. But in general, pretty, pretty they've always had, yeah. yeah, in general, they've almost always had the fans behind them. And this is going to be tough for them, but it has to be. The hitting has to step up against Fullerton, who, like you said, is probably one of the top ten programs of all time. But right now, kind of middle of the road in their conference, not a team that you're too scared of. And I'm not saying they should sweep, but this is a, this should be an easier team than Indiana. Mm-hmm. And this is where you got to see the bats come alive. I mean, I know you're going to face their best pitchers, but I, I this has got to be – got to get that ten-run game where they just explode on offense and get to say, hey, guys, like this is – our offense can be good. We just got to get some time. But if that doesn't happen, there will be a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks going through these next few games. Because they, after this Fullerton Jeez. series, it's a lot of nothing. It's Mercer, Sam Houston, Manhattan. I mean, nothing until late, late, yeah. late April. They don't, get, they like, don't have anything until March 24th. Yeah, so th- this, this was obviously the real tough roadblock game. But West then Fest? for the next three weeks, there's going to be no tough games, no tough teams. And Fullerton will probably be your hardest. And then you play Tech, A&M, and Oklahoma State. Three in a row, they gotta go. And they gotta you, figure and then out you have a, a one day break with Air Force, who we mm-hmm. played last year in the playoffs. Yeah, beat them, but they we had we did lose to them. I think earlier in the season we did, we did, yeah. but we did. I mean, they took us through seven innings. It was tight last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was at that game. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that one. But <laughs> I remember, that one stands out to me. And then you go back on the road to Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, so it's it's or excuse me, you just play. It's three weeks of of nothing in a way, and this this should be a lot of winning games and getting the record up, but. By the time we're getting to the twenty first and at, or versus Incarnate Word, that'll be the last time we see them facing easy opponents for the rest of the year. I agree. So we we would need to see a lot from Flores or Thomas for me to gain confidence in this offense. Because in my opinion, they're the they're the guys who I'm I'm confident in the in the top four right now. I think you know the outfield and Gilmet are all going to be fine hitting this season. Not going to be crazy power hitters, but they'll be fine. And would you say our biggest strength this year is our? Like one to three, or four to six, or seven to nine. Oh, definitely one to three. It's you really feel like close. it's one to three yeah. this year. I, it's it's worse. All all three of those brackets are worse than the average. But at least our one to three is productive, whereas our seven through nine has been atrocious. And then Mitch Daly and Jack O'Dowd in the five six hole been pretty shaky. I like Gilmetti a lot, but yeah, it's it's that's where we have to see Thomas or Flores pop into that top four or five rotation because Daly's going to be good but inconsistent. Jack O'Dowd looks about the same, so we need one of these other guys to, or two of them, hopefully, to really step up. And and maybe it's Peyton Powell or Tanner Carlson, but that needs to be figured out in the next three weeks, in my opinion. Hopefully, they figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think with that, that can kind of 
close out our Texas baseball segment, yeah. which in my opinion was much better on this than it was yeah. on our other show. Yeah, we're still working out some kinks on the other show. We're working out some kinks on the other show. It's a little bit hard to be professional the entire time. <laughs> we're not the uh, most professional people. It's not. It's a lot easier just to talk baseball. Uh, you know, you can be like, the uh, the swing of the bat was like the crack of an ice cold brew. Yeah, stuff like that. It's just like Let's move on. Metaphors. Let's move on. Metaphorical. Yeah. We should move Lyrical on. Lyrical miracle. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, transitioning now into the NBA playoffs. Uh, a little bit more, a little bit less for some teams. <laughs> I hate the way you wrote that. <laughs> um, with uh, 20 games out left in the season, obviously with each individual team, we are going to mention just some different things to highlight, such as LeBron is now week to week with injuries. In the East, not too much to make note. No, uh, it's I mean, gonna be 15-game winning streak for the Bucks right now, which is... It's going to be the Sixers, Bucks, or Boston that's making it out. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, nobody else. <laughs> Miami Heat, just a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> Udonis Haslam, think he's going to play off minutes? What is it, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry? These guys are ancient now, dude. And <laughs> if, like, this was, if this is 2016, watch out. Yeah, I don't know. There's... There's not really anything going on in the East right now. I think it is. We are going to get a, either a Boston, Milwaukee, or a, uh, you know, a Boston, Cleveland, six, Boston maybe. Sixers. I guess see Cleveland maybe making a run, but they didn't address too much in the trade deadline, so probably not. I agree, but also Donovan Mitchell, like never sh- never shows up in the playoffs as much as you like him to. As much as I like him to, but also I feel like it's different this year though. Yeah. I feel like we might get like a freshman year Donovan Mitchell. Do you remember his rookie season playoffs? He like took like Houston yeah, to like seven yeah, games right. or something like that. It was oh, to be, to be fair, it was 20, 20, that 2019 series that Utah played, where they played against the Nuggets, he was averaging 36. So I guess it's probably not the well, fairest for me e- to say. Even in the bubble too, like if you yeah. look at his bubble year, he performed well there. Yeah, that's fair. No, so I, maybe maybe Lillian is not a performer, isn't the word, but hasn't gotten past. Well, that I I would make the arguments because of who he had. Mm-hmm. Gobert, he had Gobert. <laughs> I like Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a pure scorer. Oh, he's a great player. I think he's a pure scorer. I think that yeah, I I like I like Cleveland in the playoffs. I'm gonna go. I mean, you know, what? just because you said it, just because <laughs> you dissed him, and because I'm the only one who's ever said Evan Mobley was that dog. Because I like I wanted the Spurs to trade up to draft Evan Mobley. Really, I'm not even a lie. Like, everybody made fun of me. Who, who'd you get in that draft? Was that the primo draft? That was SoCan. Oh, okay. SoCan. That's one took no, SoCan. No, no, no. SoCan was this year. Mobley was the year before. So him was so him's rookie this year. Yeah, so we so did. I guess we did take. Oh, Primo. that didn't end up well for you guys, huh? Yeah, so we probably shouldn't draft uh, Miller either because guess we'll have good luck with Alabama <laughs> mm, players. Yeah. Mm. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the year we took Primo at eleven. I think Mobley went like three or something like that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But just because you said it, just because I feel like being bold right now, just because I can. Cleveland is going to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Really? Contradicting yourself a little bit. I don't care. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't care. Look, give me give me Cleveland versus either Milwaukee or Boston. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a wash, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Cleveland, when, uh, what, what are they called again? What's their stadium? Uh, oh, God. Quick, is, are they the Quicken Loans? Yeah, they it's like the, the uh, Q or something. Like, are they Smoothie King? No, that's New that's Orleans. New Orleans? That's I New don't Orleans. know. I forget what Cleveland Stadium is called, but they do have passionate fans. Yeah, they do. They do have a really good fan base. and Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I think losing Kevin Love improves your team. So. Yeah, I mean, well, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't so. doing anything, but it's just good. He helps out. Um, More minutes so to other people. Why not? Cleveland is going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well. Heard it here first. Funny thing about that, we're not even talking about the East in this we're episode. Not. Oh, I think the only reason we were going to mention the East is because LaMelo Ball, who plays for the only franchise that's worse than the Spurs and the Houston Rockets, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Lamelo Ball, the only thing they've ever done right, 
uh, in the draft is now officially out for the year with a fractured right ankle. Yep. So effectively ending Charlotte's season with how many wins? 20. So <laughs> how many in the next 19 games, how many more games are they winning with Terry Rozier as their best player? Oh, I think three or four. The three? I think three or four. Um, I mean, they should be trying as hard as they can to not win games because right now they're right outside that top three. Tomorrow, though. Tomorrow, the Spurs and Rockets play. Hmm. That's uh, going to be a huge Tomorrow, one. the Spurs and Rockets play. San Antonio with 15 wins. Just last night ended <laughs> a 16-game losing streak, which is the longest Goodness. ever in Spurs franchise history. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, it was bad. That's bad. It's really bad. Uh, but somehow they're playing a team that's worse than them. <laughs> And the Houston Rockets with only 13 wins. Tomorrow's game between San Antonio and Houston is going to be really huge, especially, I mean, there's no way that San Antonio or Houston isn't going to be a top four pick this year or mm-hmm. get in that top four like yeah. selection for the number yeah, one. Yeah. But you just want to pile up the losses. Oh, yeah. You just want to yeah, pile up the losses. Just lose as many games as possible. If, if your team is the Pistons, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Hornets, at this point. It's just those four, really. Yeah, they're the four that are realistic. I mean, Orlando is the next one, but they're six games ahead of Charlotte. They're I not, don't see it They're happening. not going to, yeah. yeah. And Orlando and Orlando will probably end up as 5-6, and either way, that's great for them. Getting getting like a point guard out of that, they're they're going to be a good spot. No, they're on, Orlando's on a right track. Oh, yeah. Orlando's doing something right. I would make the argument, a lot of people are like, Steven Silas is the right guy to lead the Rockets. Uh, Sang, Sangoon? Sangoon? Yeah, um, big Alperen Sangoon fan. Uh, Jabari... Smith, Smith. Jalen Green. I would make the argument that Silas isn't the right guy to coach this Rockets team, and I really don't see a drastic improvement in the Rockets if they get the number one pick. Well, they just need to – they need a whole culture reset with, with Porter and Green because, I mean, they I've never seen two people chuck up more shots and miss than them. Mm-hmm. They are just so inefficient. And, and I would make the argument that San Antonio is a better place for culture because this – Oh, not even close well, to – like, that's, it's not even close between the two teams. Can you check real quick? But I want to say this team is still putting up, like, 20 assists a game, 26 assists a game. It's still a really impressive number. Team like assists, they're averaging 27 a game. 27. Like, this is still Fifth a team that NBA. moves the ball. Um, the only problem is the defense, and yeah. which gives up 123 points a game. And God. I know that because the team that we're going to talk about in one second, Luka and Kyrie, ever since they joined forces five games ago, they're averaging 122 points a game that they give up on defense. God. So keep in mind, this Dallas Mavericks team, is only better than the Spurs in terms of defensive rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, defensive rating, Spurs are dead last. Yeah. But the Mavericks are now just as bad as Dozo. But we'll that talk about that me. when we get to the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll transition. We're, we're yeah. going to be doing a Western Conference preview. Just going to go over the teams that are, are contending in the West and the ones that you're going to see in the play-ins. And then the Trailblazers. There's about – we're not going to talk about the Trailblazers. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, because we talked about this beforehand. Uh, the, trail, the Trailblazers are not a team. I love Damian Lillard. Great player. One of the best shooters of all time. Don't care about the Trailblazers. Even if they make the play-in, not going to do anything, even though he thinks different. Either way. No, I didn't say they were going to do anything. I just said they could make the, they could make the playoffs and just that's, get swept by that's Denver. That's doing something. And they I'll, could get swept by Denver. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I think they're making the play-in. How Maybe. about let's put, let's, let's put a dollar on this. I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, God, I hate you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Fine. Continue. So, starting, JC, I mean, the number one team in the West, no, nobody's even close to them right now. They're, I believe, six and a half games up or set around that seven mark. Jeez. The Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is going to win his third straight MVP, yep. averaging a triple-double on the year. Yep. Talk to me about this team. Well, well, Evan Richard Veith. <laughs> oh, we're going middle name. That's huh? your middle name, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Jokic, I'm just going to round up here for y'all real quick. Averaging 25, 10, and 12. Or excuse me, 25, 12, and 10. With one steal a game, one block a game, 
I mean, his field goal percentage is sixty-three right now, forty <laughs> percent from three. What What more can you say about this? Yeah. I I chose this Sunday to sit down and actually just watch him. <laughs> I watched the entire two and a half hour game between them and the Clippers, and oh my god, he is such a gifted passer. Yeah, he is such a gifted passer. Look, here's what I gotta say about the Nuggets. Can you scroll up to the roster real quick? Yep. Here's what I gotta say about the Nuggets. You got Jokic, all right. Who is like you said on his way to winning his third consecutive MVP, best player in the league, Jamal Murray, who is the secondary. He just he's a second hand man, and he mm-hmm. plays off Jokic so well. Michael Porter Jr., Very who will player. chuck up a shot no matter mm-hmm. what. Michael Porter Jr. will shoot no matter how contested it is, and his, his shot percentage is crazy. No, his shots money. They make him. He's shooting forty one percent from the three. Yeah. And, and he's by far their, their highest three-point shooter. And his efficiency is insane. Yeah. All right? And then, as well, you're going to offer me Aaron Gordon, who all of a sudden <laughs> lob now— Lob threat. Lob threat. Perfect perfect player for Jokic, by the way. He and I'm Jokic, so glad they got him. when they just, like, have this little pick-and-roll going, or even mm-hmm. if they do just run, like, these two big men out there— because I think, you know, Aaron Gordon's a big man. Oh, yeah. Running yeah. these two guys, it's just so smooth. And it's so simple. Bones Highland, newly traded from the Clippers, I believe, right? Yes. Or no? Or he, well, he tra- got traded to the Clippers. Got traded to the Clippers, yeah. Um— Basically to free up space for Jamal Murray, That's pretty right. much. Yeah, I was trying to think about that, yeah. I don't know why I got confused there. But them, give me give me a vet and Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, he's good. And Bruce Brown, who I'm surprised. Very good bench player. Bruce Brown's still holding his own. Already has 62 games registered this season. Started mm-hmm. 28, so he's helped out when they need him. Yeah. Putting up 11 points. A very respectful Pretty team. underrated player in the league these days. I mean, I mean, Bruce has got to be, what, like 34 by now? No, he's not that old. Bruce Brown? I'd say he's got to be like 34 He is... Now. 26. Really? I think you're thinking of a different Brown. I think I am thinking of a different Brown. Oh, well. I mean, also, I mean, one one thing is that it's not going to be big in the playoffs, but it's something that did impact this team is Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant coming over from the L.A. teams. They're not going to be huge assets for this team, but rotation-wise, they at least bring something off the bench, and Jackson can pass, Bryant can score, and the bench doesn't need too much defense help. I think Bryant's just there to give Jokic a breather. Yeah, That's all he's there to do. Um, This is far and away. The only team that's on this level is the Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Yeah. Okay. The only team that's on this level is the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe. I don't know. There's some teams that can sneak there. I think that tonight we're going to get a lot of questions answered. Uh, Kevin Durant has made his debut already at this time. Mm-hmm. By the uh, time we're recording So this, we'll yeah. kind of see what's going on there. I think – but I'd make the argument that this is the team from the West out of a very tough West that is going to make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah. I mean, And that's... obviously Denver has had a lot of playoff failures mm-hmm. in the last five years or so. But they have a great coach, they have a great leader, and Jokic, and they just have a team that isn't afraid, and I believe they have three losses on the season in their home home In their home court? God. Yeah. I believe only three losses. It is insanely incredibly hard to play there. Wow. So I think if Denver, I mean, Denver obviously has home court advantage, I like the Nuggets. And I I would make the argument that the Nuggets are – Gonna just let the rest of the West kind of just fight themselves out, wear themselves out, and I think they'll cruise through. I think they're gonna make it through the first two rounds with pretty pretty goodies. Well, as it would stand, if we're if we're looking at the the overall NBA standings, they would if if it were to end right now, they would play probably a Minnesota or something like that. Wash Utah easy, easy. as as your last game as your first round game, easy easy game for them. I mean, and U- then, Utah could definitely make it a five or six game series, though. Yeah, I d- I would make that argument. But I th- I think it would be a five game kind of thing, and then but then after you'd still have to play something like Phoenix or Golden State or the Clippers. That's not too easy. So I think they could be the favorites in both these games, but 
that's why the West is just so deep, and we'll we'll get them to them more. I mean, we can't we can't talk about the Nuggets for too long. I I'm actually gonna transition right now to to the Grizzlies, who's the team I'm gonna be talking about. The best defensive team in the NBA by far, and that's what you get most with this team. Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson as a shot-blocking duo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you score against on the rim against them? That's going to be what carries them in this playoff and series. And they have an actually decent Patrick Beverly and uh, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Patrick Beverly, yeah. He's just a scrappy player that kind of pisses you <laughs> off. I good mean, d- good defender. I mean, here's what I'll say is that this is a Grizzlies team I'm not rooting for. Oh, John, no. John Moran has made himself kind of a clown recently. Dylan Brooks has never been a guy I liked. I like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, but Stephen Adams is very likable. But they have wait, some. Wait, talk about what John did today. Talk about what John. Did. Apparently, he like what was it? He beat up a seventeen. Allegedly, he hit a seventeen-year-old last summer. So this is all like yeah. allegedly reports. Uh, he hit a seventeen-year-old twelve to thirteen times, punched him, and brandished a gun. Nice. That's that's who's leading this team. Either remember, way, remember I mean... guys, this dude's from suburbia. <laughs> And has a very well, okay, good. Okay, we can't. Line. We can't go too far. We can't go too Just far. saying, my my one downside of this team, which is not a thing with the Nuggets, and obviously the Nuggets aren't as good of, of a defensive team if they do match up against each other, is that outside of Jaw, the offensive threats do take a very big tear break, which doesn't happen with the Nuggets. Murray and Porter Jr. are two very good scores and very good at creating their own shot. But Desmond Bain averages twenty on the year, twenty one on the year, and he's a great player. But a lot of it is just spot up threes. Getting past to catch and shoot, Clay Thompson type, but not Clay Thompson. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And he's a great player, great defender. Dylan Brooks is another good player, and he's the guy that you'd expect to be that second scorer. But he's very inefficient, and he's not going to be, he's not going to be crazy in the playoffs. So my problem with this team, and I don't know if the Grizzlies are going to make it out of the second round, in my opinion, because even though they're doing great in the, like right now, current NBA regular season, when it gets to the playoffs, you're going to see Jaw averaging 35, and the next closest guy is going to be averaging 15 to 18. Which Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Books, Desmond Bain are all good players, but they aren't the kind of guys that if Chaw's slumping that you can expect to rely on. And it feels like every other Western Conference team has that second guy. Yeah. And this team is very well rounded. Even the bench is good. Tyus Jones is a really, really good bench point guard. They just got Luke Kennard from the from the Clippers, one of the best shooters in the league. Ooh, you were gonna Luke Kennard. since he joined what the team, fifty three percent shooting from three off the bench. That's pretty that's crazy, unheard actually. of. That's better than Kyle Korver's best season ever. Brandon Clark's a good player. John Conchar is a pretty good player. But it's just a lot of Good bench, good roster, but not that second guy, which I think is what's going to happen with this Grizzlies team, is that by 2024, you're going to say, if they don't get the second player, this John Morant's going to leave. And even though even though there's three really good players, not quite in a star next to him that you might need. And that's, that's going to hurt their offense, which is already a bottom half of the league offense. And even though they shoot pretty well from three, there's just not a lot going on outside of John Morant and, you know, Jaron Jackson pick and roll. Which I'm I'm hoping gets fixed a little bit with this team. I mean, I, I agree with everything you've said. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, they are easy, but for me, the reason this team doesn't make it past the second round is because of how poorly they played against the West. Yeah, that's I, fair. I don't have the exact number on them. I could try to we, see. We it. can do some research right now. But I mean, this team has an incredible record against the East, but against the West, they I they have a losing record. And especially against the upper half, like the upper echelon teams in the West. And it was, it's... They're it's, only 19 and 16 against the okay, West. 19 and 16. But, but a lot of these wins are against Houston, you know, the Spurs. Okay, Getting a lot of Portland. a lot of mediocre teams, but they lost pretty badly to Dallas, you know. Or that, that wasn't more recent. That They lost pretty badly to Portland, Minnesota, Golden State, Sacramento. They had a six-game losing streak against the uh, Western Conference. They've picked it up a little bit, but... And they, you know, they've won recently against Denver, which was huge. But I just don't think this is a team that's 
going to outlast the West. So I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think so either. And I think it's a decent team, but there needs to be a little bit of growing up in Jaw and Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a personal criticism I have on both of them, that they both need to grow up a little bit. And John Morant reminds me a lot of Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Trey Young when he said that the Eastern Conference was too easy after <laughs> he made it to the playoffs once, and I don't know if he's been back since. Yeah. And now they are a team that just fired their head coach and are on the cusp of missing the playoffs. I think the Grizzlies are going to have a rude awakening this year in the playoffs. Yeah, that's it's not going to be like the team that had this incredible run against Phoenix and just really shut down the Suns. I think the Grizzlies, at one point, are going to be in for a little bit of a rude awakening. And I could very easily see this team getting matched up with a team like Golden State or a team like maybe a healthy New Orleans team Mm -hmm. and getting swept. Yeah, Uh, I don't think think it's a sweep team just because John Morant will have some carry performances. But, I mean, I said I want to say is is because we're talking about this, the Nuggets are 31-12 and against the West. That's incredible. And then... To talk about the offense is that the Grizzlies have three games this year against Western Conference teams with over 130 points. Since February, the Nuggets have had three of those such games, and one of them was 146 against the Timberwolves. They also put up 134 on the Warriors and the Clippers. So it's just a different level of offense between those two teams, and that defense is going to be great. And that's something that you're going to be always having when you have a team like the Grizzlies that's built like that. But until John Morant gets that forward or center, and Anthony Davis type on his team, I don't know if this is going to be a guy that can lead his team to the conference finals and win. And the thing is, I would argue that Jaw's going to have to have this new efficiency because he only makes two threes a game. Mm-hmm. He shoots 31% from the three. And like he and he's might have to just completely take that away in the playoffs apart from clutch moments. It's going to have to be just mid-range and dunks. Mm-hmm. That might be his only package. And he, 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 can, he can create those shots plenty fine. And oh, he no, he's a great mid-range shot. shooter. I'm and he's, not, a, he's yeah. a great player in general. Mm-hmm. It's just... There's criticism to say with this team a lot, and I, I think I think I've, we've we've kind of harped on them a lot as a two seed. This is still a very talented team, and I've said their strengths. They can shut down any of the teams in the West. It's a very talented team, but I do think that they are going to have a foot and mouth moment because of how much they've run mm-hmm. their mouth this year against the yeah, West. Yeah, that's fair. And and one more thing about their defense is that in the playoffs, there's a lot more singular player exposing. Where this happened with Rudy Gobert and why he gets criticized a lot. Uh-huh. You take, you know, you put Gobert out on the perimeter, even though he's the defensive player of the year, you score on him. You get John Morant isolated on the guy who you want to score, that guy's going to score 60% of the time. So that's going to be a problem when Bain is a fantastic defender. Brooks is a fantastic defender. Jaron Jackson can cover two through five. Steven Adams is a great rim protector. But let's say you have Luka Doncic on John Morant, or John Morant on Luka Doncic for a last shot. I mean, that's yeah. that's where the defense crumbles. So yeah. let's move on to the Suns, the next team in the East. Or, sorry, excuse me. the or Yes, the Suns. Suns. Next uh, team in the West. Suns, I just have so many question marks about. Yeah. Because this is KD's first game with them tonight. Uh, he is on a minutes restriction. I believe it's only about 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I mean, my biggest issue with the Suns has got to be durability. Yeah, that's fair. Because you need Devin Booker healthy, and he's already missed a good amount of time this year. Um well, probably like 20 games? Yeah. Something like that? I believe 20 games, yeah. Chris Paul has also missed 15-plus games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Booker's backup, Cameron Payne. So, I mean, I would run. Okay, well, not technically backup. Chris Paul's backup. The has, backup guard. The backup guard, for whoever you want to say, yeah. has also missed 20-plus games. Kevin Durant has not played since, what, late December? Mm-hmm. This team's biggest issue is durability because what they lack defensively, they're going to make up for an offensive efficiency mm-hmm. because you have two of the best ISO players in 
at the NBA in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, these guys that can create shots for themselves. Um, very similar to what Kyrie had with uh, Kevin Durant. You have a top f- Where are you? top what are you six top six NBA point guard of all time in Chris Paul. Yeah, sure. Top six NBA point definitely guard. definitely top ten at least. Top ten. I'll give him top ten. Um, I mean this team. Offensively, they could easily put up 110 a game, 115 a game, mm-hmm. but they could also just easily give up 115. Yeah. But the problem for this team isn't what they can do because Phoenix can get hot. We've seen it happen oh, before. Yeah. And they have two of the best pure scorers in the NBA. That's the thing. Is like the thing with that the reason Phoenix failed last year is because once Booker was gone, once Booker got shut down, Chris Paul just can't do that by himself anymore. Mm, no. And now no. you're taking who I believe, and I will always argue, is probably the best individual create your own shot ISO score in NBA history and Kevin Durant this guy that can hit from anywhere and is so hard to play against because he's seven feet tall but he just moves mm-hmm. like he's smooth like butter I mean he's, it, he there's he gets called the best pure scorer of all time he is the best pure scorer of all time um I will argue that hands down to the yeah. day I die but you're not gonna hear opposition from me <laughs> that's what I'm saying this team will only go as far as their hamstrings allow them <laughs> And their legs allow them. That's hilarious. This team, this team's ceiling is their health, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the same thing next year because next year Chris Paul's thirty-eight. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. I, I, yeah. What I'll say is, even though this is not my team, I'm going over. I will say this is the team I think will make it out of the West. I, I truly, really, I truly, we haven't seen Devin, what the hell? <laughs> we, haven't seen Kevin, we haven't seen Kevin Durant at all. But I am just, I know their defense will take a hit with this trade, and. I just think that this offense is going to be so good. It's just oh, it's uh, going to be Chris, a great offense. Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton get get a lot of flack, and also, I mean, one of the concerns with this team is how much do these guys do these guys like playing with each other? Because that was one of the big concerns this year. Is that it seemed like Ayton didn't want to play here. It seems like Booker was done with Chris Paul. Now when you have Kevin Durant here, hopefully he's the great, he's the big glue. And yeah. I know Kevin Durant's usually not that kind of guy that you would say is going to bring a team together, but I I actually think he will do it with this team and. You have two guys. Well, the that is you can't move Aiden a lot of places anymore now either. No, I mean he's, he's really stuck can. with the team for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this is this is a team that has two guys that are going to drop thirty in in games right there, and two guys that also have the ability to drop like sixty if you need them to. Yep. Aiden and Paul, who are both still very good players, I know Chris Paul is very much over the hump, but he doesn't need to score at all in the playoffs, which is good for him. He just needs to th- focus on defending, which has gotten worse, but he can still defend on ball. And DeAndre Aiden has just got to be a good center, and I think he can do that. And if you're asking me if there's any team that has a better one through four than that, the answer is no. There's no team with a better one through four. I agree. I hear you. I feel for you. <laughs> I stand with you. But pre KD, so this is like not like this is like before we're ever going to see Durant record a game. Mm-hmm. The defensive hit you took in losing, um, why am I blanking on their names? Johnson, Johnson and, Bridges. and Bridges, yeah, the, which is huge. The hit because Bridges and Johnson. <laughs> Could cover what Booker and CP3 lacked. Yeah, the hit you took was they're like split, so like you know, like the ratio between points allowed and points scored was one point three six. To keep that in mind, Denver's is three point nine nine, the Grizzlies is four point zero nine. Um, everybody else below them is in the negatives, but in terms of the top four turn top four teams, they are dead last at one point three six. Yeah, so you got to see a lot from Durant. <laughs> Durant and Booker each need to be averaging 28 plus. Yeah, which I don't think is crazy to say though. Oh, definitely they can not. Do that. But can that can that just can you sustain that for 3 6 3 4 6 game mm-hmm. series? Yeah, that's fair. That's my question. 
I don't know if you can sustain that for 30 games. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very fair, fair uh, it, observation. Realistically, Phoenix probably has, if they hit their peak, 40 games left this season. And can they sustain that? Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I think they can, but there's there's a very much, yeah, you can you can get that. Uh, we're going to move on to the next team, the Kings, who I think there's going to be a the little darlings. less. The Darlings. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want them to win? Like if, the if, if, you, if you don't like the Kings, I don't like you. Um the De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Simonis pick and roll is probably the best in the NBA right now, which is crazy to say about two players like that, uh, which is so such a fun thing to watch. And two players are so just n- not big limelight guys, but they, they just get it done. They score. They, they play good defense. Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter, two players that I really like. Just a good overall team. You would like Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter. I like, two, I like Herter more than Barnes. Just two silly guys. Just, they're just two dudes that get stuff done. Yeah, well, and just because they can't get rid of Harrison because they signed him <laughs> yeah, too big exactly. of a contract. That's more what yeah. it is. They're, they're, go- they're a good team. I think it's. I think what everyone is thinking is that this is not a team that's going to make it to the conference finals. And if they do, there's they're just not built to be. I don't think they're expected to be a top four seed this year. And they're not built to be a top four seed. And they still have some young players that need to work out a little bit. I mean, they're 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 average. They're top six players. You know, their starting lineup and Malik Monk, who's been a very good six man, is. 22, 24, 24, 25, 26, and 30. Harrison that's, that's awesome, man. That's They're all under 26, awesome. which is great for your team building. And Harrison Barnes is not a long-term asset, but Keegan Murray's not going to be good in the playoffs. Uh, he just won't be. He's, yep. a, he's a rookie, and he's good. He's not going to be a big head-turner, and their bench is pretty not deep. I just don't think it's going to be anything crazy from them. They're a fun team, but they're definitely the one high seed that probably has the biggest upset potential. Oh, definitely. I wouldn't even call it an upset either. Yeah, Because I think not. the Kings also... Because they, they might play a Warriors or Clippers team. And Mike Brown deserves Coach of the Year, yeah. or should very well be in the running for doing that. I mean, they're, they're the number one rated offense in the league right now. I would say the Nuggets are better offense, but their yeah, offensive rating is number one. Their pace of play is crazy high. They shoot super efficiently. That defense isn't great, though. No, not that defense It's really great. bad. It's really bad. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's, here's my one knock on you, because I'm an advocate for guys staying in college for as long as possible mm. and just building their game. Um, Tim Duncan stayed for four years. I think... That I was want, 20 years ago. I want to say Leonard stayed for three. Kawhi? Yeah. I think so. Leonard stayed for two or three. Look, Keegan Murray played a while in college. He's he's He was the oldest guy drafted this year, I believe. What is he right now? 22? 22. Yeah. He's 22. Murray has experience in tough games and tough tournament play. I don't think I'm going to expect that much of a drop off him in the playoffs. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I mean, that's fair. It's just what's the difference of playing against – you know, in Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis as the best player versus going up against Kawhi. Because he's going to get targeted by Kawhi if they play the Clippers. Yeah, I know. If he's out in the court, yeah. Kawhi's going at him every time. And even though even though he comes into the league as a good defender, that's what he's profiled as, yeah. he's still a rookie. He's not used to playing against playoff intensity players. So I just don't think – I think he's, he's a good player. And I don't think his numbers will go down that much. But it, it's just a team but that think I think he's next gonna be, he's gonna be render ineffective. Yeah, and it's a team that next year he could be a most improved player candidate, but it's not gonna be quite there. So yeah. that's my opinion on the Kings. I think it's in general the consensus is good team. Don't see it going very far. Man, speaking but of the Clippers, the, you, the you, Kings you could get better though. Oh, they could. Like, yeah. Over the next three years, I would argue that they have they have their core. They're they're like as good as the Magic could potentially be. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of getting to that kind of area. Well, I mean, they're what the Magic hopes to be right now, exactly. and then they just need to add. I mean, they're definitely a team that's going to need to add a forward with some experience to them, and that's not going to be. And that's better than Harrison Barnes, obviously. Yeah. Either way, I think we we talked about the Clippers already a little bit. JC, what are your thoughts on Clippers them? rocking a net rating of dead zero, <laughs> offensively one thirteen point nine, average defensively one thirteen point nine, Westbrook. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I want to say Westbrook hurts them more than helps them. I just didn't get it. I don't I, understand. I it. really think Russell Westbrook is going to hurt PG and Kawhi more than anything else. Yeah. I think that Westbrook, because I saw it, <laughs> I, uh, I gave yeah. it a chance. God, he's so bad, man. Uh, and he's starting for them right he's now. He's starting. He's playing 30 minutes a game. He, he is great at dealing the ball out and trying to create shots, but he himself can't shoot. I mean, it's, it's gotten better since he, he, since he got to the He can't shoot, though, um, if it's a mid-range or a three. He can't shoot. Mm-hmm. It has to be a layup or a dunk. Yeah. And I just I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think he helps them. And he's old. Yeah. When was the last time he played in a true NBA playoff series? I mean, I I genuinely can't remember. Because I think it was the last time was he just had that one year in OKC and they got swept. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it doesn't. You can't count the, the Washington year in twenty. Probably 2019 is when you'd say when he was still in the Rockets when he they you know they won the first round but then you know got pretty got in the in the bubble. Lakers took care of him. Or that uh, was a bubble. That was a bubble. Uh, that was the year before. That was the year before. Yeah, yeah. But they they got taken care of pretty. And in that series, I believe he was good, but I don't think he was anything. You know, he was 20, 27 and five, but very inefficient. And yeah, but, that's the last time when he was more in his prime. But that was, was three years ago, yeah. man. That was a different Russell Westbrook. And he's gotten worse since. And definitely worse. Like, it all started the second he went to Washington, and that's when we started to notice his glaring he weaknesses. Good. He was good. No, no, no. I'm pushing back on this. He was good on the Wizards. He I was liked that He decent year. on the Wizards. Though. He averaged a triple-double, and he wasn't even shooting that bad. Right, Three-point, right. he was shooting bad. He was a fine shooter in general. To be fair, Russell Westbrook has never been a three-point shooter. No, so. no. Um, look, LA, LA is just, I, LA's a better defensive team. I feel like they're on par with the Grizzlies. I would say they're pretty close to them. They're not as good, but I'd say they're, they're, they're close, but it does help that you have an incredibly clutch player in Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. But Kawhi Leonard needs some help and he's not getting from old man PG <laughs> and bum Russ. So I, I mean the Clippers, depending on who they get matched up with. They're losing in the first or second round. Yeah, I think this is my this is my I don't get why people are so high on them team. If there's anyone I'm high on the Clippers is Ivica Zubak. I'm a big oh Zubas fan. All he, right. he gives you the rebounds. He gives you the blocks. He's not going to score the ball. But I mean, yeah, he's the reason Luka lost well, it's, last it's year the against same, them. It's, you know, they have two good players, but at this point in their career, I think George and Kawhi are pretty overrated because they're good players. But a lot, of, you know, every team in the West is going to have good players. I don't think they're better than. Luca and Kyrie's duo. I don't think they're better than Booker and Kevin Durant. It's not even like they're a great duo. And then after that, who's the third best player on this team? Uh, one of the Morris brothers. Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Zubats. Eric just like, Gordon's old they, head, they have, bro. They have, a lot, they have a lot of players. They have a lot of good. Terrence Mann. Man, Man Highland, yeah. Gordon, Pop Powell, Westbrook. And Mann has played really well as a recent. Yes, yeah. Mann has. has played I really like well. Mason Plumlee's a pretty decent bench center if you need him as a bench center. He's just such a goofy looking yeah, guy. Yeah, just a weird left-handed shot. Yeah. Covington and Batum, there's a lot of players, but... There's just it's not a lot of amazing. It's just a lot of good. So they they took that like we need to find three and D guys and took it way too far, and that's all they have. So I think Eric Gordon was a good addition. I think Bones Highland was a good addition. Why bring in Russell Westbrook to take that away? I do think Tyloo is not going to play him as much in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope so. I think Tyloo is going to realize that his best option is playing Highland or Man. And letting Westbrook come in to give those guys those breathers. But right now, over the last three games, you know, Eric Gordon's only getting 17 minutes while Russell Westbrook's getting 30. Bones only played 15 minutes when he played. That's ridiculous. And he's better than Russell Westbrook at this point. So it's just, I don't love that about this team. And I think I think Lou's going to have some, if he doesn't change the way he's coaching this team, it's gonna he's going to be on chopping block. 
Now we can talk about how garbage the next team is. Yes, yes, yes. It's my team. It's my team. Mavericks. Woo! They don't play defense. Oh, yeah. so garbage. Yeah. I mean, I hyped them up when the Kyrie thing happened. I what, thought it was going to work, too. What so. you, well, yeah, listen. What you can say is that, you know, Kyrie has been very good since he got there. He's been efficient. He's been an efficient player. He's scoring pretty well. Um, apart from that, though... Uh, the defense is one fifteen point nine good for twenty third in the NBA. Yeah, they're they're a pretty bad defense, and they've gotten worse at defense. So Kyrie's averaging, I believe it was twenty five since he got here, seven assists. Luca's still Luka Doncic, and he, Tim Hardaway and Christian Christian Wood are playing really well with the two, which I like. But they've dropped five of seven, and they're giving up a lot of points and too many points in general to some of these teams, like the Pacers. 124 points on them. How much did you give to San Antonio, bro? Uh, they gave up 116 points to San Antonio. 116 yeah. San Antonio. So not a single game under 100 points scored against them. And a lot of, you know, over 130 against the, the Kings, over 120 against Minnesota. They're just going to get exposed in the backcourt, I think, which is the main problem. But I will say they do have a pretty crazy high ceiling. Oh. I mean, you can't deny that. They have an NBA final ceiling. Yeah, I mean, Luca. Will power this team the Western Conference Finals. He can do it with Kyrie. You think so? He can. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying he can. I'm more confident than them than the Clippers. I'll say that. God, but just being seventh in the West with Kyrie and Luca, that's that's they'll, they'll get higher. They they will they'll win more regular season games, and I think that's a very big. I think they're gonna make a big point of becoming a top four team because they really want some home court. Well, that's the Dallas fans don't want to get that play in. Either. Yeah, yeah. Da- no. da- I don't think they're playing team at all. I don't think that's gonna be a thing that they'll have to worry about. But no. right now they're there, but I don't think they're gonna. That's gonna be a problem. Either way. They have some good players. They have, they lack a lot of depth. I just think we're going to see Luca playing 45 minutes a night and <laughs> something but like that. What's different? Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. The question is, if this thing blows up and it fails and the Mavericks lose in the first round, which I don't think will happen. I don't think so. I think Luca will will them and win them to a second round. I mean, he could leave. Kyrie could leave. <laughs> and then what happens? You have nothing in the future for Luca. You but you Christian have to. You Wood. do. You do have to try. You do have to try for the if you're the GM if you're if you're Mark Cuban. Yeah, but, but that's just gonna blow up in your face if it doesn't work. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> for sure. But yeah. yeah. Next team, you got getting rid of Wiseman. I feel like helps. Obviously, yeah, you get a lot in return for trading your number two pick from a few years back when you could have had Lamelo Ball. <laughs> but um, it's okay. It happens. Whatever. Uh, Gary Payton, back. Hopefully. At some point before the playoffs, hopefully. At some point, uh, he. I mean, yeah, Draymond Green, still going to be Draymond Green, still yeah. going to be a defensive hound, still going to be a pretty ineffective shooter. And he turns up in the playoffs, too. You don't really need him to do anything but be there for defense. Mm-hmm. And Clay Thompson playing like the old Clay Thompson. Yeah. He's, like, kind of getting back to form. They're running those plays just to get Clay Thompson open with just two feet of space. They're mm-hmm. doing it again, and it's working. He's hitting his shots. Clay Thompson over – I'm going to look at Clay Thompson over the last – 20 games just to tell you what he's doing because it is impressive. It is exciting. It is fun. Sorry, I had to type. <laughs> Clay Thompson over the last 20 games averaging 25 points, four rebounds, and two assists. God, I mean, he is just – he's something special right now. You got to give it to him. He's shooting 44% from the three. Well, also what I'll add to this is that the reason you got to be so confident in them in the playoffs is because you look at the team they had last year that, you know, won it all – they're the exact same minus Otto Porter. What they did was replace him with Dante DiVincenzo, who has been a very efficient shooter. player. Shooter. shooter. You know, does the same role as Porter, just a little bit shorter. And then Kuminga is going to be actually impactful in this playoffs. Well, in my he, opinion. He and Moody need to step it up. 
Yeah, I think I think him way more than Moody, in my opinion. I think he's gonna be much much more important. The bucket, <laughs> yeah, the bucket. <laughs> um, I, I but like Kuminga didn't really play in the playoffs last year. And what? No, none of the rookies did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is the year where you can expect this lineup of Curry, Thompson, Poole, Payton as your backcourt. Di Vincenzo in there as well, and then your frontcourt with Green, Wiggins, Looney, and Kuminga. That is a pretty good front court, which they don't always have. And I think, especially with Wiseman gone, you can focus on Kuminga, and Igudala might even play for them. I'm not sure. I mean, he can uh, still get the minutes. Yeah. yeah. But this is a this is a team that feels just as that feels deeper than last year, in my opinion. It's just about if Curry comes back. And I think that if they because the thing is also like hypothetically, they could be Denver. Mm-hmm. They could. Oh, they're they are them, the Nuggets, and the Suns from here are the top three. In my eyes. I think if the Warriors get healthy, they could. Yeah. Um, But I think they will is why I'm saying that. Yeah. I mean, I would honestly, I would love to see them make it to the finals, win one more, and then just blow it up. Mm -hmm. I would love to see the Warriors go out one last time. Yeah. I I don't care. That would be cool. I don't care. I I think, like, because last year, Clay Thompson just wasn't Clay Thompson. I want to see one Clay Thompson run. One magic Clay Thompson playoff run before it goes down. So that's just my thoughts on that. Um, I agree. You agree? Well, we were, agree. Doing some, we were doing some uh, some some talking uh, over text. Uh, we were going to talk about the last four teams, kind of the playing teams. I think Jazz, we just kind of shoot them out Lakers. a little bit. Yeah. Basically, Pelic. Here, let's just do a, a TLDR. Too long, didn't read. Uh, Jazz, too young. They're not going to be good in the playoffs. They probably will just get phased out. Timberwolves, don't trust them. Timberwolves. Um, they have a high ceiling. Anthony Edwards. He's great. Insanely good player. Rudy Gobert is once again going to be rendered ineffective. <laughs> yeah. Cat just needs to get healthy. Yeah. But they just have too much missing right now. They've given up too much to be competitive for the next few years, in my opinion. Yeah. I just fair. don't see it happening. Yeah. The Jazz, I love that they aren't tanking. I just love that. Just <laughs> I mean, they kind of, they're not tanking, but they're definitely, they're not trying to win it. Sexton and Markinen, like, mm-hmm. and they're holding it together. Like they're doing fine, yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly really funny to me because everyone thought that they were, were going to be horrible, and somehow they're remaining decent. Yeah, and they're they're a relevant team. Uh, speaking of relevant teams, uh, I really like the Pelicans team if they can be healthy. The one team I, I was going to say is if we can somehow get Zion healthy, this Pelicans team has the chance to make the most noise out of anybody mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Out of, out of any team that was probably projected to be playing right now, they're for sure the the, the noisiest team, and and Zion in the playoffs will be something that's really interesting to see. Ingram, Valanciunas, McCollum's a very good core, and they have some great role players. That would be fun to see. They just, I think they needed one more bench te- piece that they didn't get. The so pro- the problem is though that like it's still no timetable for Zion. So yeah, if he does come back, he might be coming back in the playoffs. Yeah, so that's why I'm a little bit like they could be fun. Mm, probably nothing crazy from them. And they're seven and eighteen since they lost Zion two yeah. months ago. Yeah, so. that's that's tough. Uh, a team I, I like that is is gonna probably make some waves, of course, with LeBron and Anthony Davis is, is the Lakers. I like their trade deadline. I think they're gonna get into getting about, Russell help. I think they're gonna get into like a seven or eight seed by the end of the season, and and maybe I, I don't. You don't. I, th- I I think they really can improve. I think the loss of LeBron's can be too much. That's a fair point. Yeah, losing LeBron for potentially like three weeks, mm-hmm. you're not gonna make up for. But it. I mean, they're only four games behind the four seed right now, which is crazy. This is why the West is so deep. Either way, if LeBron and Davis are on, on their game, they can beat a lot of teams, But especially with Westbrook not around. But I don't know if they're going to do that. So. Well, I mean, it's, um, so it's, it's going to be Davis, Bamba, and Russell kind of leading the way for mm-hmm. right now. Be- so. uh, Beasley's been playing pretty well Beasley, as well, yeah. which I like. But, yeah, in general, that's, that's pretty accurate. That's what you're going to see. So, so yeah. before we end out the segment, tell me right now, NBA Finals. I am a... Believer in Don't tell me who wins. Just tell me who you think is I'm there. a believer in the Suns-Celtics as the two teams. 
No bucks this year. No bucks. No bucks. I'm going to go. And I think we, we might do an Eastern Conference recap. We should. Next week. Once there's more clarity on yeah. like, who's actually trash. Um, <laughs> who's actually trash. Because all of them are. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go. I think this is the year that finally happens for Jamal and Jokic. I, I, I'm going to say um, Nuggets Bucks. Okay. Interesting. Because so we're, we're I just think a Jokic Giannis matchup would be so insane. That would be pretty cool. That would be fun. That'd be fun for seven games. Um, let's let's switch over to some people that aren't so fun. Uh, we're doing a weird little last segment. This was this was my friend suggested to us, and you know what, Ben, give you a shout out right now. Good call. Um, we're we're doing um, a top five celebrities that should be canceled. And now that I'm saying it out loud and while we're recording, I'm like, this sounds so stupid. I don't even think cancels top ten celebrities that we hate. Just that we don't want around yeah. anymore. If if we never saw them do anything again in their in their field, we'd be fine with it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Heads or tails? Tails. Okay. There's no video of this, so you guys will just have to take our word for it. All right. You said tails. I did say tails. Tails never fails. Mm. All right. Yeah. First pick. I think this first pick is is something that you you won't be taking it anyway. I don't think you're unhappy. I just need to say it, Jack Harlow. You can have it. Yeah, music's I bad. I don't. He's funny, but he's just kind of annoying. What's his Taco Bell thing? The the Jack Harlow man. Yeah, yeah, there's some kind of thing with Taco. I just he's corny. I'll he's say so, that. And he gets he's so corny. you know everyone loves him. I just don't get it. I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm big Jack Harlow hater. So yeah, that's get him, fine. Get, I hate him no too. no more music for him. I'm good. I'm gonna go. Just celebrities I just generally dislike and just don't want around anymore. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that guy's just an a-hole. But she's just she's just the worst. So I'm gonna go Amy Schumer. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's just so unfunny. <laughs> and her commercials, she just like she's tried to make it an like an ironical thing where it's like, I know I'm not funny, ha ha ha, but still embrace me. She's such a pick me. She's she she's such a pick me. Yeah. So I'm gonna go Amy Schumer. That. Um <laughs> That's fair. James Corden was my original thought, but I feel like at, at one point there's gonna be potential to get him later on. <laughs> well, because he's in my brain too. So I know, I was... but like I think at one point he might slip. <laughs> so here's here's a guy that I'm sticking to the musical route. Speaking of music, I just don't want to hear anymore. Big Sean, I'm done with him. You see, I like Big Sean. I don't. He's I like so, Big Sean. His music is. I I can't remember the last time I heard a song that said featured Big Sean, and I thought, wow, he improved that song. Not Damn. once. Can, if you can name one, let me know. But there's not I one time. Can't. Yeah, he's just not good. Why did? Why was he so loved by? Was it Kanye? Was the one who brought him up? Don't I, ask me. I'm just not not a very good artist. I'm gonna go just a guy who just like rides off the coattails of others, and I can't say anything because I hope to one day do that for my career. <laughs> uh, I hope that one day I can be as successful as he is. Um, but he just has like four just really goofy, gross-looking friends, and he himself is not that attractive. He just makes money by either playing just like. A really outlandish character, or just <laughs> something just really vilely inappropriate or racist, and somehow we just think it's okay because it's a happy Madison production. Oh yeah, I don't like him. He's a a jabroni, a tool. I don't know. Give me Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider. I could have taken him. Or he's the he's a small one, right? He's I could take him. I could take David Spade. I could even take Adam Sandler. I would have slept like a baby. Nah. I would take all of them except Kevin James and Chris Rock. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'll, I'll give you those two at the top, yeah. Uh, for me, um, this one will will tickle some feathers. Uh, just give me the entire Friends cast apart from Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I'm cool I with just, that. Yeah, like, I don't care. I wish about... Courtney Cox had died in the first Scream movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Either way, I mean, it's just such an unfunny show. I'm so sorry. If you such an show. unfunny it's show. So ba- it's so bad, and I... 
who watches it and likes it. And, you know, Jennifer Aniston ended up being a great actress. The rest of them are so unfunny, and I just dislike all I of mean, them. I um, mean, the, 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 the guy who played Melvin was pretty good, but we'll get to him later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. I think um, the best way to describe Friends is it's the show on mute and your orthodontist, mm, but yeah. the closed caps and drawn, and you can't yeah. change the channel. That's fair, yeah. That's Friends. Ridiculously unfunny show. Um, yeah, like, no, not funny at all. Definitely just, like, you know, made for moms of the 90s. Just yeah. the background noise. Yeah. It's funny because my mom in the 90s watched it. There you there go. There you go. Background noise, potentially. True. Who knows? Uh, let's go. The guy who definitely doesn't write his own books but claims to. Uh, the guy who makes money off of saying just things I don't think he believes. And I just overall just see him as a corrupt person. Uh as I do most of the rich. Uh, <laughs> nice. I'm going to go Joel Osteen. <laughs> okay. Because if there's a guy I, I haven't re- thought about Joel Osteen in a while. <laughs> Bro, I want to slap the... <laughs> I wanna... Yeah? I just want to roundhouse him. Oh, I face. don't like him. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, you should not like Joel Osteen. He's got such a punchable face. Yeah, that's fair. Like, like, if I could just summon, like, 30 kindergartners on him, <laughs> I would do it. Like, look at yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he's just... I wish we had visuals for this because he just... I mean, he kind of looks like... What a pretentious I mean, jerk. His hair doesn't fit on his head. You see, it, like, his head is separate. Look at that. It's, like, it's weird. And his, like, I mean, his Botox is really, like, Oh, it's awful, low. yeah. Let's see how it's getting there. The power of I am. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> Make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, For my fourth pick. Profit off of clueless people. Yeah, fair. Yeah, let's keep it at that. Yeah. For our own sake. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, you already said the name, but I'm just going to do it. I respect you for it. If you like James Corden, I don't like you. He's I a bad person. He's not a good person. His jokes aren't funny. He's rude. His content is bad. He's rude to his uh, coworkers. He's just an overall awful person, and I hope he never uh, gets any more famous ever again. Also, the fact that he's rude to servers. Yeah, I heard about that. The yeah. thing is, like, I've me, heard so many bad stories about the guy. Like, I don't know about you, but my number one, like, quote-unquote, red flag in a person is someone that's rude to service workers. Uh, just Corden. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. He's, he's pretty. Facts. We're, we're, doing some, we're doing some typing communicating we're doing, as we're, well. We're doing some typing communicating, but it's, um, like, we've had this agreement. Like, if you're ever on a date with someone and they're, like, rude to a service worker, it's over. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, there's nothing else. Like, mm-hmm. guys, treat your service workers as correct. Yeah. Treat everybody with respect, but especially people in the service industry. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Unless it's, like, me at Capital Cruises, then it's probably valid. Yeah, yeah. bro. If you ever somehow <laughs> run into JC while he's working his job on the boat, you will have every right to be rude to him. Because the thing is, like, I'm going to give you the greatest tour of your life. But it will be the most painful experience of your life Because you're like, well. why are these guys' jokes so unfunny? They're why, so not funny, why, but I'm seeing a very beautiful city right now. Why is he laughing to himself? <laughs> why is he just giggling in the back? Uh, yeah. <laughs> next one. Um, Second to last pick for you. Oh, crap. All right, I got to take him. Just another guy I could punch in the face. Another guy that if he had an inhaler, I would take it away from him. <laughs> David Schwimmer. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing so the cast we're of Friends. I'm, I'm doing the cast of Friends, but then I'm also going to say David <laughs> Schwimmer as a whole. That's hilarious. As an entity. Yeah, yeah. That's... He's the bane of my existence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, David Schwimmer is just David Schwimmer. Like, um, he, was, he was the perfect role to play that giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> the giraffe. The perfect role. Um, You know, I was thinking, I had one in my head, and I think I'm going to change it. I'm going to go, since we've done so much sitcoming, give me Jerry Seinfeld. 
What? I hate his voice. Really? The only good thing he's done is the B movie. Yeah. Seinfeld. I I have some friends who love Seinfeld. I, I love Seinfeld. It. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Don't like it. I'm sorry. It's just not every. I've watched like the pants, Kramer. The pants. <laughs> I've watched like ten episodes of it. It's not even one of those shows I gave it one chance and didn't. I've watched a lot of not a lot. I've watched about a half a season's worth of episodes. Not a single one did I enjoy. Well, it's because you have to just realize that it's not because these people are like they're just horrible people. Yeah. The reason that show's so funny is because it's just. I, like, saw a TikTok on it. It's, like, the yeah. entire concept of the show is just people in New York that are just bad people trying to get yeah. laid and just do outlandish things. Yeah, it's, like, a show that's not funny that's supposed to be funny. So why should I enjoy it, though? I think it's funny. Because Stanza. Okay, just make your last pick. I'm actually so upset you don't like Seinfeld. Yeah. Because it's not just you. It's, like, everybody around me that isn't my dad doesn't find it funny. Like, <laughs> your dad I think, would like Seinfeld. I think my dad are the only ones that like Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm taking Jerry. But Kramer! Okay, how about this? <laughs> At least, do you want to see Jerry Seinfeld do anything new? No. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you see what okay. I'm getting at? Okay. All five of these people, I'm loving my list because I don't want to hear Jack Harlow or Big Sean on a song ever again. Jack Harlow, he can be funny with Drewski, but that doesn't really count because it's all Drewski. The Friends cast, don't even irrelevant. Mention, why would we mention Drewski? Because Drewski's great. <laughs> okay. If we're going to be in a podcast, we got to mention Drewski. Real. James Corden sucks, and Jerry Seinfeld isn't funny. He can write, but not on Seinfeld. Okay. Your last Just pick. Just give some flowers to Larry David, because he's a good writer. Oh, I love Larry David. Wow. That's okay. different. Seinfeld's a good one. Wow. Um, dang. Last pick. You got one in your head, or? Yeah. Because you just told me something somebody you never want to see do anything ever again. Mm-hmm. Give me Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> <laughs> if he disappeared off the face of this planet, I would never miss him for one second. I know his little buddy Al Michaels would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> Why do you hate Chris Collinsworth so much? He's an idiot. <laughs> I, I tell you, you Al, I think that well, this guy... I really like the way this guy... <laughs> Just a really good tight end. I love a good tight end. You know? look, look at him run that route. It's it's just crisp and what a catch! Oh, I mean that Devontae Adams guy. I mean I, I talk about him every week. But I mean I, it's as bad. It's arguably as bad as I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. It's just as bad. And yeah. the thing is, Collins. Like I can live with Roma for a few more years, but Collins has just been doing it way too long. Yeah, it's probably it's it's probably time for him to to start thinking about. Just put that. him on Amazon Thursday night. Yeah, sure. Who cares about those games? Those aren't real games. Yeah, I, you know, I thought you were going to say Coward. I thought you were going to say Colin Coward. Coward. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I love Colin Coward. Really? I love the guys that have made careers, like him and Nick Wright and Stephen A. early on. Just the guys that have just made a career off of just being outlandish fools. Okay, here's my thing, is that I liked him on Sports Nation, which is why I kind of have a soft spot for him. But every time he's on First Take and his show, whatever it's called. The Herd. The Herd, the not herd. good. Not a good show. Okay, First Take, he's not good on. Mm-hmm. You know who I really think has just elevated, like, um, just like sports talk shows in general, though? Yeah. Shan Sharp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shan Sharp's done he's so great. much. <laughs> JJ, JJ Redick. I mean, he's he's a he's great at, uh, sorry, just more inside jokes. But JJ Redick has also been really good for the NBA, which the I old like. Old Man the Three is the best podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, apart from the 40-yard line. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, sure. As soon as we have Donovan Mitchell on, <laughs> I will admit that we have the yeah, best one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty good draft. Okay, here's one. Honorable mentions. One Texas Longhorns player that you just never had to think about ever again for the rest Brendan of your life. Brendan Schooler. 
that was way too passive an answer. Yeah. Brendan School is a pretty good one. I was used to Case McCoy. Why? I don't know. Just what what's wrong with Case McCoy? He's not Colt. Oh. He's not Colt. I just Case McCoy. I'd say Case McCoy. Schooler was a good one. Casey Kane's not on my on my happy list right now, but he's in my class and he seems pretty cool. So Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Case McCoy. Okay. Or I'm gonna go like I saw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say just him or just Tom Herman in general. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say Tom God, Herman the last 15 minutes of our episodes are so awful. God, I've had fun, though. <laughs> this has been another fun, long one that we thought was going to be long. We just really needed because we've been too serious lately. Like, yeah, we, we have. really needed a fun We app. need to be a little silly, silly guy. Yeah, I just drank a 40 ounce Diet Coke. I yeah, he had fantastic. so much Diet Coke. I have um, to use the bathroom. So. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up because he's got to use the bathroom. <laughs> um, true. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the 40 yard line. If you've gotten here, obviously, hit us up. We always love the fan interaction, and you know, I think we had some good talking points. Talked a lot about the NBA, Texas baseball. Check out our new logo. Yeah, new Check logo. Out new lo- Shout out Claire Dominique Smith, a friend of Evan and I for creating that logo. Yeah, Claire is the best, and we thank her so much for all the help she's done with the forty. So, you know, I think that's it for me. Just everyone have have a good week. Spring break's coming up pretty soon for us UT people. So yeah, excited for that. Um, stay wheezy. Uh, keep. Illin on the willin, I don't know, as the kids would say. Uh, give me a gritty, <laughs> uh, whatever y'all want. Like Evan said, guys, thank you always for your constant support. Um, I know it's been a little bit of weird episodes. We are kind of hitting, hitting that kind of dry spell of sports yeah, world where it's definitely. like those two, three weeks. We appreciate y'all just being patient with us because we are making sure that we are putting content out for you. That is, at the end of the day, what our number one priority is. It is putting out content and making sure we can give you entertaining content. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's about to change, though, because we are right in the verge of March Madness. Texas Spring Ball starts next week. And once March Madness ends, it's the NBA playoffs. And then we can just get a couple just really dumb, stupid episodes for you in the summer. <laughs> we will get um, you the stupid content you want. <laughs> yeah, like maybe we'll even like do a live video where I go play in like a, an adult softball league, like so slow pitch. I'll do that. Why was that the first thing you thought about? Because I really want to play adult softball. So, bitch. Okay. Yeah. Um, like we said, thank you for your constant support. Uh, obviously, just remember to always share it with your friends and family. Even if they don't want to see it, just give it to them. They'll <laughs> listen to it eventually. Um, they'll think about it, at least. They'll think about it. Other than that, Russell Westbrook shouldn't be a starter in the league. And I think that's a great way to end it. So, until next time, I'm Jacob Campos. And I'm Evan Veith. Have a great evening.